Welcome to the Health and Wellness Show on your VOCM. Now here's your host, Dr. Mike Wall. The topic of foraging for our own food has been coming up a lot lately on the show. In our show on gardening, we talked about food security and growing our own food. We also talked about the value of nature for both our physical and mental health. And in our last episode on tourism in the province, we heard about the experts in our area that can show us how to forage safely. You know there's over 60 edible plants that are found readily in our province, but they arrive at different times and they're found in different places. So to learn more, I drove out to Pooch Cove in Point Seas Guest House to meet up with local farmer and forager Sean Dawson, who's an expert at running tours on foraging and supplies a lot of our favorite restaurants with local edible plants. The house is located on the edge of the coast with gardens and trails heading down to the water and a historic red barn at the head of the driveway. Hey, that's Douglas Fir, man. It's the famous Douglas Fir. He always comes in the woods with me. That's wicked. He'll probably follow us along now while we're... Yeah. I got some baskets. Should be all right. I'm definitely... Uh, my my expertise is from food. But food is medicine, so like, you yeah. know. How'd you get into it? I've always been into it, man. My uh, I grew up going up to my nan's on the southern shore, and uh, she used to take me berry picking, and yeah. she used to send me out picking dandelions for a Sunday dinner, and she'd, she'd blanch them all and freeze them for the year and stuff like that, so like, up on the southern shore... Mm. Where is Southern Shore? Calvert. Oh yeah, okay. Every, everybody yeah. foraging up there. It's just, just they don't call it that, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's just food. the way, way of life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to learn how to. I, the dandelions is a big thing because my entire lawn is dandelions, so I want to know. Well, utilize it, man. The best way to get back at the weeds is to eat them. <laughs> like people, people spend their whole existence all summer getting rid of the dandelions, but. Oh, that's good. My favorite plant, man. Well, I have a farm in my front yard. Yeah, there for sure. <laughs> Everyone has a farm in their backyard. Yeah. Yeah. All right, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? Uh, we'll go around and uh, just pick some of the greens and uh, some of the spring shoots that are coming out. But the, they're happening a lot faster this year, actually, because a few days of sun and a little bit of rain is getting everything to pop. Yeah, it's got to be seasonal, right? Like, I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. there's different things that are inherent to us that I know would come out in the fall. Like, of course, berries right in the fall. Yeah, but, yeah. like, berries this time of year, there's something. Reason. Like, what's this time of year? Uh, like, right up until... Right up until the frost broke, when the frost broke right up until now, like we were picking down here, picking nettles, as you see here, we got the stinging nettle. Yeah. Which is like super good for you. It's a really, uh, it's full of antioxidants and uh, it's a really good source of iron. So how do you eat it? So uh, this is going to sting you if you touch it. Like it's got yeah. all these little tiny hairs are all, uh, they'll all sting yeah. when you touch. Yeah. But uh, I just picked so much of them that uh, yeah, yeah. no sting. But uh, you eat it like any way you would eat prepare spinach. So yeah. any any type of light steam or any cookingness at all will take away from the sting. That's cool. So my favorite way to cook it is uh, pesto. So you just make a pesto with, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And pine instead, nuts or No, something? instead of pine nuts, are so expensive. Yeah. You just use uh, sunflower seed or any nut, pumpkin seed or, or seeds or nuts or anything. Like that. If you toast them all, they all taste relatively like pine nuts. Oh yeah. So you just I just use sunflower seeds toast them and uh and then i blanch these for 30 seconds put them into ice cold bath so they'll keep the green so they'll yeah. stop cooking yeah and then i just mash them up into pe pesto mortar with uh with garlic and then uh cheese olive oil so and you get just... wicked healthy healthy thing for sauces or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. for sure it's uh, it's really good in the kitchen but uh, you can we like we have fresh tea here all all spring with this so every yeah. day we're drinking st sting nettle tea um elka the lady you just met she draws them for the whole winter so she'll yeah. have nettle tea all winter long wow uh we make a, a cream and nettle soup down here which is really really good probably one of my favorite ways to have it too 
So it's just it's really versatile. Uh, if you pick them when they're when they're younger, they're better. Uh, they're like the more tender shoots. These are starting to get bigger now, but they're still perfect to use. Huh. And, so and they're everywhere if you find them. Any, right. Any nitrogen rich area, so like any farm, any old uh, chicken coop, yeah. next to wharfs, you're gonna find nettles everywhere. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I did a show recently with Ross Travers, and he was talking about uh, talking about you know making the soil better and the adding nitrogen and all that stuff yeah, that yeah. needs to be done. So that's funny. They have to be more around areas like this with farming this place so tell me about this spot right here because we are on the ocean right now it's stunning yep uh, we're in pooch cove and yep. there's a farm like literally on the cliff checking out so we're at pointy's guest house it's a bed and breakfast ran by my friend elka she's uh she's been here for 30 years and uh she was one of the creators of the east coast trail like there was a group of them that got together and and made it happen mm. so her business is all related to people coming from europe and 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 the states and things like that which is we're feeling the effect of it now I'm no sure. guests this year yeah but uh they come and hike the east coast trail she drops them off uh, at one, one point and then they'll hike so far and she'll pick them up in the evening take them back make them food mm. uh they'll sleep and she'll drop them off somewhere else in the morning and she got three other partners along the east coast trail yeah that uh that they'll do it so eventually it'll take them a week or two and they'll get through the whole oh no way show. Yeah. that's cool Yeah, well, that's something for us Newfoundlanders to do this year now yeah yeah <laughs> for sure yeah for sure man uh, like I said everyone's finally starting to explore the, the trail like locally no one ever used it but now now huh. people are actually getting out and it's one of the very positive things about this whole mess that people are getting outside more yeah people are more interested in what we're talking about here foraging food uh, you're gonna see so many victory gardens this year yeah people growing it yeah there's a lot of good gonna come out of this which well, is crazy to say but well you i mean you're, you're doing a cookbook and and all sorts of stuff how'd you get into this like what's your background um well i've uh, like i said like i grew up on the southern shore my nan would have me picking berries and dandelion greens and everything since i was a kid so without knowing i've always been into it me mm. and my brother would spend like all our time on the beach picking mussels and uh, picking plums from the neighbors and things like that mm. so without knowing i've always been into it but uh, i started uh, growing vegetables uh, i moved into battery i don't know maybe eight or nine years ago I started growing uh, tomatoes and peppers and yeah. uh, selling them to the restaurants and the farmers cool. markets. So I got to meet all those guys and they found out like I was a big mushroom nerd. Yeah. So they're like, oh man, can you get us mushrooms? <laughs> so I started bringing in wild mushrooms all the time. Yeah. And then I was like, man, do you guys eat dandelions and nettles and all this thing? So uh, yeah, it kind of just spiraled into it. I've been a gardener and landscaper for since my since I was a teenager so I've wow. been hauling these things out of people's gardens you're right for so long and I just always knew there were so much health benefits and I've always cooked with these things and uh, I don't know it's just it's inherent in, inherent yeah yeah that's cool sure. let's go check out some more of these things then yeah yeah you got pigs you got goats and chickens yeah we're trying to be a little bit more self-sufficient well food security is a big thing right huge thing and like during this whole thing the only people that profit were like the grocery stores and things like that so it's like and then they're threatening to take food like the supply of food to the island and stuff so like we have so much here we got like the most so much untouched woods and right beaches and, and good farmland too right oh there they are yeah. oh my god adorable this is baloney oh hey baloney <laughs> hey buddy that's, amazing uh, that's his sister salami there <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, appropriate never, names. Yeah, so I've never cute. raised anything to uh, eat it. I've, I've raised ducks and chickens, and yeah. uh, I've been helping elk out with the goats here for years. Yeah. Yeah, like, look at the size of the ears. They're adorable. Yeah, man. Jeez, I saw I saw um, pig one time in uh, Vietnam, and it was, like, literally the size of a rhino. 
Oh. Absolutely massive. Wow. I couldn't believe it. It was so big. They're cute. Yeah. This pigs will uh, take everything right down to the roots. Yeah, right. We got so much grass and nettles and everything here, and this yeah. used to be an old duck and geese pond. Yep. So uh, we're going to get the, the main reason wasn't for food. We were going to get them to come in and, and take it down to the down to the ground, take all the roots down, and then next year we'll get in ducks and geese and that's awesome. all that type of thing. Yeah, that's but beautiful. There, There's a lot of land here. Yeah. But uh, I'll show you some more. Just yeah. The, Anytime you disturb a piece of land, you start getting getting weeds come back to try to restore the earth. They try to give it the nutrients it needs to be come back to grass and eventually fork. So like if you, anywhere, like we're talking about, there's nettles everywhere yeah, here. Yeah, tons of nettles. And uh, this right here is probably St. John's most hated weed next to the Japanese knotweed, but this is a uh, gout weed. Okay. So if you uh, if you live downtown or anything like that, a lot of people have mm. these in their gardens everywhere. They curse on their neighbors. They call it neighbor weed because if your <laughs> neighbor has it, you has it. <laughs> but it's actually really, really good for you. And uh, in, the, in the spring, it's starting to get a little bit tough now. Like as you let it age, it'll get tougher. Yeah. But you still steam it as a green. Um, but uh, early in the season, it's, uh, it's really peppery. So you just have it as a salad green. You can, like I said, steam greens. You can add it to quiches or uh, uh, make pestos with it as well. Can I eat it now? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's really peppery. It's going to be a bit more tough, but you'll get the, you definitely get the peppery taste. Wow. Hi, Chanterelle. There's my cat, Chanterelle. Nice. That's good. It's good, hey? Super people, tasty. People hate it. In the in the mainland, people call it ground elder. So, like, it sounds a bit more palatable than gout weed. Yeah, gout weed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, here. Gives you a painful foot yeah. condition. And uh, here you got thistle coming up. Not something that I, I eat, but it is an, an edible. And uh, there are some really good medicinal properties about it. Mm. But uh, you... Uh, you see here's all oh, full yeah. of thorns. Yeah. But, but it's good for other things too, like people make paper and rope out of it. And it's just another garden and a weed coming up that people hate. Well, yeah, they're kind of visitors to your garden. All right, we'll walk around the, yeah. the coastline there and pick a few things. Cool. Really good thing, the restaurants are finally opening now, thank yeah. God, and everybody's calling me trying to get some... Uh, Get some what's in season right now. Well, if you look at shows like Chef's Table and stuff, every single person they feature, and this is even when, uh, you know, when uh, Anthony Bourdain came to town. Yep. They're looking at like they really value the people that are using the local ingredients for to make food. For sure. Like for almost sure. every one of those chefs are experts in their own area's food. They're it not, is, man. Yeah. And they inspire me so much to go out and learn more every year. Like pick more food, find out what's here on the island that they can eat. And some people would just call them famine food for years, but these guys are yeah, so passionate about it that they're making all these amazing dishes out of things that people are just walking over every day. Well, I think that's part of this thing. So the Health and Wellness Show, um, we're trying to encourage people to eat healthier, but also be creative and try things that are different. And I think this is an opportunity for people to try things that they never have from home, and then it forces you to learn how to cook in a different way. Yeah, for sure. It gets you way, way more passionate about cooking. Like, if you go to the grocery store, you tend to buy your favorite ingredients all the time. Yeah. But if you're picking, if you get really into picking wild food, you're harvesting what's coming in season and it's constantly changing. So you're constantly getting all these nutrients that you never would get by just eating the same food all the time. Yeah. So uh, we'll head down to the coastline now and see what we can find. Perfect. Sounds good. We're going to do a break, uh, but we'll be right back with farmer and forager Sean Dawson. The Health and Wellness Show will be right back on your VOCM. Now back to Dr. Mike Wall. This is the Health and Wellness Show on your VOCM. 
so we're here in the vegetable garden, which yeah. is, uh, like I said, it's, as soon as you disturb an area, you get a lot of weeds come up. But yeah. uh, a lot of people curse on them, but you may as well embrace them. So here's dandelions coming up everywhere, which yeah. uh, you weed and eat at the same time. But uh, this dandelions are definitely my favorite plant. Uh, early in the spring, you eat these greens. Yeah. Really easy to identify. They, uh, they're really, they got these jagged edges and an arrow, arrow, kind of arrowhead uh, shape to the top. Mm. Um, so you see this one's just a young one coming up. Um, they get really bitter as they uh, as they get to flower. Okay. So you really want to catch them early in the spring or before they flower. Yep. Um, so uh, we, we've we been eating salads with these for like a month and a half now. They're so good. Do you have to prepare them any certain way? Uh, you can eat them fresh. Like we just have them with salads. Yep. Or you can steam them like my grandmother used to do and cook them with their salt meat and all that stuff for, uh, for like a as greens as you would have or like same as turnip tops mm. are these anything's hard in your stomach like uh, a lot of wild foods you should take you do with moderation until you get used to them like a lot of them are laxatives uh, 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 dandelion's actually a diuretic um, so like uh, you do want to get you don't want to just overwhelm it if you're just used yeah. to eating uh, Rugler from the grocery store for your <laughs> right. life. So, yeah, so uh, take it with moderation, but I pretty much we, we eat these every single day, and you it's just good. About it. It's so good, man. Yeah, I just had some. It's like yeah. a, it's like it's like uh, it's kind of peppery. It's um it's more fibery. Like it's a, it's a sturdy green. It's yeah, like yeah. A mix of like kale and lettuce. Yeah, for sure. That's a that's definitely a good way to describe it. Yeah, and uh, you can make the same thing. You can make uh, soups or quiches, or you just have it fresh. Um, but you want to catch it before it, it goes to flower, and if uh, if it does go to flower, you can do multiple boils, and if mm. you're going to blanch it to put it away or anything. So, so somebody's listening to this, they're like, I got dandelions all over my yard, right? Yep. But what if they put like fertilizer and like traditional turf builder stuff and all that yeah, stuff? You, would you still eat it, or would you? No, watch you out definitely them? want to stay yeah. away from it. You're, I you're getting these commercial fertilizers and things. Like if you're just using something like six, twelve, twelve on your lawn, like you'll be fine. But like, yeah. I don't know. We don't fertilize the lawn around here. Yeah. You know, if you're going organic, it's no problem. But it's, it's no, even if you are doing that, it's no issue to find dandelions. Yeah, yeah right. You know, of course, you yeah, find exactly. Anywhere. Just anywhere. Just go For to, sure. uh, what about, uh, okay, so like safety stuff. Like, I, okay, I want to get into foraging and, and going around and, and looking at these things. Like, how do you learn? You had a grandmother and you grew up in a place that had it. But like, is there a place people can learn how to do it safely? For sure, man. Uh, like, uh, the Boulder Books, the company that I'm writing a book for now, they have a book out, uh, Newfoundland uh, Edible Plants, mm. which is a good way to start. Uh, it's a really good book. Um, there's so much information online. And like, there's so much information now that no one should ever eat something before they yeah. positively know what it is. Yeah. So that's a big thing. But uh, going out with someone that uh, that that has a bit of experience helps. Yeah. Uh, listening to things like this, just yeah. you know, if you want to get in and be safe, be but safe. Have you ever uh, had a bad experience eating the wrong thing? No, man. I have never. No, no, I no. never. Have. I've heard a lot of uh, experience of people like uh, even this year i've had so many people i guess people are getting into foraging yeah sending me pictures of fiddleheads that they picked be like oh i picked these fiddleheads and they're all going out picking brackens which are carcinogenic oh jeez so like you if you ate them over a long period of time you could get pretty sick and even if you uh i uh, like i know a good friend of mine was out fishing one time and he he just fried them in the pan and got really really ill oh. so even like the ostrich ferns which grow here more commonly on the west coast you really want to boil them before you, you eat them so hmm. Yeah, there is definitely, you definitely want to take it with precaution. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's important for people to know, I think. For sure. But with the right stuff. Yeah. Some awesome foods that taste good and. Yeah. But, uh. 
back to the dandelions. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people say this is what saved Newfoundlanders years ago from scurvy. Oh, really? Yeah, because this is like after a long cold winter with nothing much around besides what you have in your root cellar. Yeah. This is the first one of the first greens that Newfoundlanders would pick when they pop up in the spring. So they they eat a lot of it, and it's such a good source of vitamin C it is. and a lot of other things that. Uh, that you would you would replenish yourself over oh. over the winter. Who would have thought of that? Yeah, but uh, the dandelion is so cool because you can harvest, like I said, the greens. Um, these these flower pods you see here. Yeah. They're not open yet. Yep. I uh, when they're when they're really young, they're before the stem comes up, I harvest those and just use them as peas. So you just steam them. No way. Yeah. And right now, like the flower buds like this, before it opens, you can uh, make a really nice caper out of it. Cool. So you just make a really salty saltwater brine and, uh, and you lacto-ferment them and uh, they're absolutely delicious. There's a lot of like pickling and stuff like that going on with this stuff too, yeah, right? Yeah, that's like, what makes it so cool. Like you said, you said it, it, it spars you to, to go outside your comfort zone. Like, yeah. And you're already picking something you wouldn't normally eat, so may as well try to make some pretty we cool just, things. You just named like six different ways to use a dandelion. Yeah, and uh, the root <laughs> is another really good part. Like uh, people use it for liver problems and things like that, but uh, it's a really good coffee substitute if you didn't want to be drinking caffeine all the time. Huh. You just uh, harvest the roots even hollowing up here without breaking them. Yeah. So you just, shovel's a really good way to do it. Yes, right. Uh, I think I saw something back here. Here, I'm on one. Garden tools is when you need them, right? Yeah, you just harvest and, uh, they're pretty dirty. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you just uh, harvest a bunch at once and you put them in a bucket of water, yeah, and uh, you let them sit there and uh, you, uh, you clean them off and uh, dry them and you roast them in the oven with the door open, yeah. And you do that until your house starts to smell like chicory, and uh, these snap really easy. Yeah. And then you just run them through your coffee grinder, and they're, they taste very similar to chicory and coffee. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Who would have thought of that? Six yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> dandelion. The dandelion. Uh, what else we got around here? You're stepping on some. Uh, this is sorrel. Rice. So uh, this one is uh, this is when we were camping yeah. that time. I got you to taste this one. It tastes like lemon. Yeah. So this is sheep sorrel. There's three different types you can find around here. Um, it's really it's got a really lemony taste to it. Uh, mm. It goes really good with sauces for fish or anything like that. That's amazing. This is the smaller one. And it probably got the most most bite to it. Mm. Um, uh, I've read that's really good for digestion and things like that. But uh, like like you were saying, be be wary of things you're picking. It's, it has a oxalic acid. Yes. So that's what gives it that sharp taste. Right. But uh, you'd have to eat so much of it for it to do any any type of, of damage or anything like that. So like yes. you wouldn't want to just only eat that all the time. Yeah, you throw it into something though. Yeah, you throw it in, or you could you could make a sauce of it. But uh, I I like using it as in the Caesar salads as like the lemony taste. Oh yeah. Uh, for the foraging tours we do at the grounds for years, we're making a. Uh, lemonade, which with no lemons, that was like the lemon taste. We just make huh. dry that, make tea, and uh, and it would really have a nice lemony taste. Yeah, that surprised me when you're like, just eat this. You're just sitting there, you're like, hey, yeah, this is a <laughs> try this, and I was like, are you sure? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I trust you. But uh, here we got yarrow. Yeah. So uh, kind of looks like a fennel leaf or something like that. But uh, they got really nice flowers as they come out. But uh, right now, before the flowers come out, they're they're quite palatable. They're really nice in salads. Uh, got a really herby taste right now. And what's this one called again? Yarrow. Yarrow. Yeah, you can find it everywhere. Here's a nice mm. example of it. That's almost like parsley. Yeah, it's, uh, it tastes similar now. It'll get bitter as it gets goes on, but uh, mm. this one you can find everywhere. Oh yeah, it's got the woody sort of cedary thing going on. Yep. Hmm. 
Wow. <laughs> it's amazing. You got these beds of vegetables here, yeah, and we haven't gone near them. No, I'm more interested <laughs> in, uh, in what's growing around them. Awesome. So this is a bed and breakfast here too? Yeah, yeah, it's a bed and breakfast for the hikers at the East Coast Trail. Yeah. So I, she's got a hiking program. I, I love that concept because I did the uh, thing in Peru where you just hike from lodge to lodge. Yeah, it does exactly what it is, but it's yeah. such what spans that they got to kind of drive them. Yeah. So it's not on the way. But here's a definitely a better version of the sorrel. I just got the sheep sorrel. I just got the other case. You know, it's looking greens. Uh, really easy to identify. Again, really arrowhead top, arrow-shaped top. And uh, you got these little lobes coming off the end. Yeah. That's a really good identifying feature. Okay. Yeah. That's the, that'll give you a real lemon zing. It's much more leap. Mm. Oh, yeah. Unreal. Yeah, man. It's lemon. And then we got a dog, bunch of dogberry trees around here. Mm. A lot of Newfoundlanders would make dogberry wine. Mm. And this would, uh, when they would come out. And all raspberries and wild rose growing around here. Uh, we harvest the rose hips a lot in the fall, like after the frost, and they get much sweeter. I've heard a lot about that. Yeah, make a, they're really good for you. Like, um, we'll make a lot of uh, jams, jellies, but uh, a lot of people draw them and make teas. Right. And so, the same sort of thing, like you said before, with the with the dandelion vitamin C, like a lot of these foods we can forage have vitamins and, and, and different things our diet might be lacking, especially because it's fresh, it comes right out of the garden, right? Yeah, like, for Or sure. right out of the field. Yeah. No, these things are full of so many different nutrients. The origin is a very healthy thing to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Now more than ever. Well, actually, okay. So on that, so same sort of thing. Like when you're outside and you're foraging. Yep. Um, you're obviously walking a lot, and you're obviously present because oh, you got to yeah. be staring at the ground. Like, what are the health benefits you see for this for people? Like. Oh man, like you said, it's it's physically active. You're getting outside. Uh, you're, it's you're constantly picking up in season, so you're always. Yeah, force yourself to get outside. Um, you're you're eating you're eating healthy, which is like the main the main benefit. Um, if you got a family, you're teaching your family the traditions that kind of been lost in the last two two uh, generations. Somehow yeah. they just disappeared from people just conveniently eating. foraging in the cookie aisle. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> yeah, convenience just killed us. But uh, I don't know, like things like this whole pandemic, like people are really thinking more about it and. And I just found the younger people these days, like with the farmer's market, were just, when I first started going to the market and I started bringing dandelions and fireweed shoots and Japanese nami, people thought it was crazy. Right. So, like, no one was buying that stuff off me besides the restaurants. But uh, now, like, the everyday home cook are yeah. so inspired by these chefs posting things on Instagram that they, they want to try them. And, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome, man. It's such mm. a, a healthy movement. It is. It is good. I'm yeah. really glad. And we're learning all sorts of new stuff. I mean, so if we're learning to make bread, we should might as well learn how to pick some natural foods around yeah, us. Yeah, for sure, man. That's cool. We're gonna do a break, uh, but we'll be right back with farmer and forager Sean Dawson. The Health and Wellness Show will be right back on your VOCM. Now back to Dr. Mike Wall. This is the Health and Wellness Show on your VOCM. Welcome back, everybody. We're here on the coastline of Pooch Cove, and I'm here with Sean Dawson. He's a farmer and a forager, and he's teaching us everything we need to know about the food that we have right around us here in Newfoundland. Sean, what do we got here? Uh, so you're looking at here is a spruce tree. So this would be a white spruce. Uh, both white and black spruce uh, work well. And if you see all these young, tender, green tips mm. all over the tree, 
that's the spruce tip so that's the new growth of the tree for this year and mm. um, i absolutely love these guys they uh you just pick off the tip they they come off like little buds mm. um, and uh, i just use them you see you take the needles off like that they're really tender yeah i just use them anywhere you would use rosemary they've oh, got okay. like a nice herbal citrusy flavor mm. Uh, they're really good pickled, uh, candied, you can like candy them and put them in the oven with like a simple syrup all over them and they're really good. Jeez, that's amazing. They're so good, man. And they're these crazy. Are little vitamin C they're like, buds, um, man. They're so, so good for you. They're fruity. They're very fruity. But, but, but they, they taste like, uh, evergreen, like, yeah, yeah. but, but there's something else in it. It tastes like, almost like, um, rhubarb. I don't know. It's it's got something that's like it's yeah it's, I don't it's, know it's very versatile in the kitchen because you can use it in a, like on, on on a dish as as rosemary or anything or you can use it as a dessert as well. Cool. I'm taking some of those. Ones. So the other day I made uh, spruce tip shortbread cookies, which were really really good. Super simple to make shortbread cookies, and you just chop up a bunch of these and put them in there, and they give off this really nice citrusy aftertaste. I love that. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. So when you're picking these, you see they all got these brown husks on them. Yeah. So if you just give the branch a smack. Yeah. It'll just knock all the brown brown off, and then yeah. you just harvest them. You shell them. Yeah. So I got to pick a lot <laughs> of these for the restaurants today. So uh, these are the new growth for this year. So you. Uh, you only want to take a handful or two for three. There's yeah. so many spruces. Yeah, right. And you can do these with fur for uh, fur tips too. Mm -hmm. uh, they're out around now too. The balsam fur, but they're not as flavorful. They don't have that citrusy taste. They're very aromatic too, and also very good for you. Yeah. But you can really tell the difference if you just pluck off a needle from last year. Yep. And uh, you try rolling it in your fingers. Yeah. So if it rolls in your fingers, it's spruce. And oh yeah. If it's flat, it's fir. So if it's uh, if it won't roll, it's it's a fir tree. Huh. So that's a good way to tell. So you try some of them in your goodie basket for later. My friend Megan at Pie Pizza, she uh, every year when these come out, she'll make a river mint, which is a wild mint that grows in the river here, and the uh, spruce dip pesto pizza. Oh, my favorite pizza for sure. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Wicked. All right, let's keep on going. So what we got here is uh, fireweed shoots. Mm. Um, fireweed is like that plant that look kind of looks like uh, it's on the highway a lot. It's next to next to the ocean a lot. Kind of looks like lupins. It's got a really nice pink flower when it's oh, in okay. yeah, yeah. Um, it's a really cool plant. It's one of the it gets its name because it's one of the first things to come back after a fire. Oh, so yeah. it's one of the first things to try to bring the, the land back. And um, but uh, I call it asparagus of the north. It's uh, it just you kind of treat it like asparagus. You just harvest it, yeah. pluck it off. It's really invasive, so you don't need to worry about overpicking it. You definitely want to leave lots because it's such a good uh, pollen source for the bees. Right. But uh, I've been picking fireweed from the same spot for ten years, and it's just keeps, it keeps on coming back. back. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty just. It's pretty easy to distinguish. Too, yeah, right? yeah, for sure. Um, you see now the leaves are kind of closed. Once they open up, they get uh, these things get more bitter. But right now they're excellent. You just pluck them up, uh, crack off the woody end on the bottom, and fry them up with some butter, or olive oil. No on way. The pan. And they're delicious. The tops kind of crisp up like a kale chip, and the bottoms are the body kind of gives you like an asparagus. It's a little bit of an astringent taste, but it's. Really, really nice. Let's grab yeah. a few of those. I'm gonna try some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. can I? You got your own spots too, right? Like, okay, oh, so let's sure. let's talk while we're getting down there. Let's talk yeah. mushrooms because, like, 
that's a huge thing for people. Like, I've seen the shirts. I shot the paint half of what they did when I first started bringing them in mushrooms. Well, the other thing is, uh, can you overpick? Like, you yeah, said about fireweed. Time, yeah, mushrooms especially. Yeah. So, you always, I always leave like 50% of a patch. Like, I, right. Yeah, you're really over harvesting. It's the, the biggest way. Like, people will argue, like, plucking and cutting, all that type of thing, but it's leaving, it's decimating a patch that like, you really want. Anything, berries, uh, mushrooms, anything. Like, uh, mushrooms spread from spores. So, if you take out the mushrooms, there's yeah. no spores. Right. Berries spread from yeah. seeds. There's no animals to eat the berries and poop them out down the road and spread more patches. Yeah. So, like, you really want to sustainably without taking everything. Uh, like, there'd be enough around for, for everybody, but there's people that go out and think, you know, oh, I can make a bunch of money. I'm going to go out and pick 40 pounds of chanterelles and then they end up throwing out 20 or something like that. It's just yeah. stupid, man. I got you. So, yeah, understanding the rules, I think, is going to be important yeah, for Yeah, you want to have a bit of etiquette with anything you do. Yeah. Especially with something that's, like, such a, it's a natural resource that you don't want to disappear, you know? Yeah. For sure. And it's special and unique to us. Yeah. Good. So right now we're standing uh, next to a big alder bush. Yeah. Uh, another one a lot of people hate, uh, but uh, I love alder. The invasive species, so you can go out and harvest a lot of it. it you know, you, you definitely want to leave uh, some, because this flower is one of the earliest things for the bees, a lot of people don't know. Oh. So it's one of the earlier pollinators. So you don't want to take them all, but there's so many of it. Yeah, So yeah. much of it in Newfoundland. Any trail I recognize this, this one. For sure. Yeah. But the good thing about this uh, that uh, I've discovered in the last few years is that these catkins are full of protein so like if people are really? picking these and drying them and use them you just have to draw and put them in your oven like the dandelion roots with the door open and crack so it doesn't get full of moisture yeah and uh, dry them till they're brittle put them in your coffee grinder or a pepper grinder or whatever and use them as uh, pepper and they're especially for vegans or vegetarians or anything this would be yeah. a good one to get into because they're full of protein huh yeah that's awesome yeah. who would have thought of that for sure but they're really good for smoking meats and things like that as well wow so you see here, yep. the bush kind of looks like a blueberry, like a low-lying bush. Yep. Uh, a lot of people walk past it because the berry ends up coming underneath the, and you won't see them. Yeah. But this is a wild hascap berry, or a honeysuckle berry, people call them. And they grow very, like, very, uh, very common along the ocean side. Yep. So we do have a lot of them here. It's a really nice berry. Yeah, they're really cool. And now we got the blueberries coming up. Right. Here. Yep. The uh, past few years, we haven't had a great year on blueberries because we haven't had much snow in the winter but, uh, we fixed that this year yeah yeah we fixed that this year so i'm hoping on a better better spring and then they will uh, they will ripen the following year so like that's why you always see berries that are unripe and uh, some berries that are ripe different times of the year right so would this be considered late spring uh, or is this summer now yeah i don't know man this is, this is almost summer for us yeah, we're actually we got a little bit of a spring this year for yeah. Cool. But, uh, I, I harvest these a lot just they're a bit tedious to go out and pick a bunch of like I never do that but uh, if you're just on a hike or you're out picking something else just just pick a few and put them in your pocket or put them in a, a container mm. and then bring them home and just leave them out on a, in a bowl and a, on your table or counter and let them dry yeah and then you just put them in with your store them and keep keep collecting them like that but yeah. I use them as my pickling spice and most of my pickles. Oh, cool. That, like these pine shoots, I pickle them a lot. Yeah. And I'll use that as a pickling spice for it. And uh, really good, just uh, crushed with salt or uh, as, a, as a spice for moose or any wild game, anything like that. Jeez, cool. Yeah, yeah I remember I was offshore one time and I was talking to one of the guys and we were talking nutrition and yep. he was talking with Juniper and about a month later when he got home, I got him back to work and there was a big thing of Juniper tea oh, all nice. ready for me. Nice. I was like, that was nice. It was yeah. super thoughtful and it was great. 
Okay, we're going to keep on heading down the trail here, guys, but I'm here with farmer and forager Sean Dawson. We'll be right back after this break. The Health and Wellness Show will be right back on your VOCM. Now back to Dr. Mike Wall. This is the Health and Wellness Show on your VOCM. So what we got here? All right, so you see here yeah. we got a, a lot of people call them chocolate pears yep. here in Newfoundland. Yeah. A really, really nice berry. Um, uh, when I moved to St. John's when I was like in the fifth grade, I used to be picking these on the trails, and everyone used to be telling me they're poisonous. Yeah. And I'd put a bunch in my mouth at once and <laughs> didn't chew them up. But uh, I really love these. Uh, they're Saskatoon berries or service berries. Yeah. I think uh, they're called Saskatoon berries because they're probably one of Saskatoon's only real nice berry <laughs> unfortunately but uh they're really good uh you can harvest the tips they're kind con- they're gone to flower and now you can they're, you can use the flower as an edible flower anywhere you use cherry blossoms but uh, uh the tips when they first come out if you pick a couple off and you rub them in your fingers they kind of smell and taste like marzipan oh, they no got way. this really interesting flavor and you can uh, infuse alcohols and things like that uh and they give off this crazy crazy flavor it's really good but the berries are good for pies things like that um, some years they'll get a rust on the berry. I don't really know what it is, and, and it won't be great crops. Last year there wasn't too many berries around, so really, really like this guy, so I'm hoping hoping we get some. But you yeah. can see they're everywhere. Yeah, they are. They're just service they're surrounded berry, by them. Uh, Saskatoon berry flowers everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you got, if you look here, uh, there's a, a wild crab apple tree. Yep. So you can see uh, there's maybe five or six in the distance, just all around the coastline. I find a lot of apples anywhere there's old homesteads, anything yeah. like that. So like fruits and stuff like that here. What yep. do we have in Newfoundland for fruits? Lots, man. Like we got, uh, like I said, we got a lot of berries Tons and things berries. like that. But uh, we got lots of apples. We got a lot of things that were brought by Americans and Europeans that came to settle in Newfoundland. Like I think the Americans brought them when they came for war, for war and things like that. Mm. But the Europeans brought lots of plums, wild hops, things that, uh, damsons, things that you can find now that are... There were no houses there for years, but there's still escape uh, cultivation, and now you can so, find them. Yeah, so this place, okay, so we're walking around here. Does this plant it, or is this just literally just walking the coast, uh, you're going to find this much? Man, is this we're doing a bit of both. Like, yeah. uh, if you see here, everywhere's blueberries, it wasn't planted. Yeah. We got the hascap berries, wasn't planted. Yeah. Dog berries everywhere, that definitely were not. Alder, that wasn't, but then we got the apples. Uh, service berries weren't planted. Apples were... Um, uh, some of the bigger roses over there were probably planted. So this was definitely a homestead at one time. Yeah. There's apples So everywhere. it's good It's good soil for it. But, like, yeah. I mean, from what I'm – the few times that we've spent time together, it seems as though you can't go anywhere without something. And so I felt like foraging was something that was going to be – you go and you have to really hunt it out. You get skunked and you, and you could easily not find anything. But it seems like it's pretty easy to find stuff. Yeah, man. We're so fortunate to live in Newfoundland where – like, you know, and if we were in Ontario or something, you'd have to drive two hours outside of town to go do what we're doing now. Right. This is five and, minutes. And everybody owns the land out there. Like, we have a lot of crown land here. Yeah. And even uh, even coming back to the apples and stuff, like, even the things that are on pro- people's property, like, we're Newfoundlanders. I knock on the door a lot and say, sir, can I pick your apples? And he said, geez, I haven't picked those in years. Go right ahead. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot different when you're a kid and you're up raiding the trees and people are kicking you out. and Yeah. So if you're respectful and, you know, you uh, a lot of times if I do that, I'll, I'll offer to give them whatever they want on the harvest or whatever, and you pick it for them. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, it comes back to the etiquette of it all. Just like anything yeah, that's, sure, that's kind of an art, it requires an etiquette. Yeah. Go up to the trail a bit more. 
We'll have to see how many steps we get at the end of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got step counter on? Oh, yeah. Nice, man. I've never used one. I've it's just on my phone. to see it sometimes. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. I think that that's one of the things we had in our first conversation was talking about your your lifestyle, you know, and, and the way that you farm is different, you know, in a lot of ways that you're, you're, you're not as scheduled and you're more present in nature. Actually, that's a really good lead into like mental health like yeah man. we're by the ocean this is we're, so good for we're looking health. at everything around us like like we're very intent on it like i'm not really thinking of anything else like yeah. for mental health side of things what about like people are stressed right now um is there some benefits for that like oh for sure not to mention you're eating good but that's a really good point you're outside you're in nature you're doing something to provide food for yourself or your family and i don't know i don't i can't think of anything better for my mental health yeah to be honest like it's, it's gorgeous. Just, like you said, you can just, the time goes by so fast, you can, uh, you know, just not worry about things for a little bit. Yeah, we've been talking for, geez, well over an hour now. That's, uh, and it just kind of flies by, and we've been looking at, um, I think we've got, gone over about 20 things so far already. Yeah, man, yeah. we've got a few things in the basket. <laughs> so, uh, back to being careful. Um, yes, yeah. Right here, we got Queen's Anne Lace, yeah. which is in the wild care family. Uh, it is actually, it, this is actually people, people call wild carrot. If you haul up the root, there's a big root on it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of things in this family, uh, and the plants that look like this are, are poisonous. So, yeah. like, uh, you can get into, like, uh, uh, the hogweed and the the uh, giant hogweed and mini hogweed, which is a uh, 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 really bad to get into. If you touch touch that off your skin, and then the sun sun reacts to it, you could get third degree burns. Jeez! So there's like really precautions you want to get into for sure. You can't just go around picking yeah. everything you see and start eating it at home. And there's a, <laughs> I was talking to Elka this morning about uh, we're talking about the guy here in Newfoundland years ago, a younger guy who ate a monkshood flower. And just one flower killed him. So, Jeez. like, he, you know, he just picked some flowers and put it on his salad, and now he's not here anymore. So, yeah, you know, you really, you really got to take this with it. Well, I think that's why it's so important to go out with somebody who knows what they're doing. For sure. And then you can play it safe instead of being like, I think this is that. You go for the ones that are pretty, like, I know what a dandelion looks like e now. Exactly. For <laughs> and sure. a blueberry. <laughs> so here's the, one of the other sorrels. This is Curly yes. Dock. Uh, it kind of looks like a little rhubarb plant when it uh, flowers. Um, uh, really, it's not as lemony as the as the other sorrels, but it's really good for steaming. Mm. Um, it's good for insect bites or uh, sunburns. You can just crush it and get the and sting nettle stings as well. Mm. Really good for sting nettle stings. Crush it, get the juices out, put them on. Yep. Um, it's pretty fibrous too, eh? You see here all this stuff that looks like kind of like a parsley type mm -hmm. with the yellow flower dust buttercup. That's also another toxic plant that you don't want to mm -hmm. get confused with something else. So uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely can't tell by looking at it that it's poisonous. No, not at all. It looks like parsley. Yeah. So you say you provide a lot of restaurants, huh? Yeah. For somebody go and taste some of this stuff. Uh, well, now the restaurants just yesterday, uh, the band left the phase three, so they're letting like 40% capacity in, I think. So uh, mm. you could support locally and go to any restaurant would help these guys out right now. And yep. anyone like myself, any food producers. Yeah. And you get to try what's locally in season. So I would recommend going down to Cito, uh, mm. the... The, the restaurant that's at the Alt Hotel now, Tier. Those guys are awesome, and they're buying so much local food. Adelaide, uh, Adelaide Oyster House. Mm -hmm. They do some awesome things. They're always using local products. Uh, uh, any of them really that are open. Yeah. The Newfoundland Sausage Company down there. Is oh yeah, those guys selling, yeah. selling a lot of stuff for people now in this crazy times when it's really hard to sell your product. Yep. 
So just any way you can support a local food producer, go out here and do it. I love that. Yeah, we should be. And we've got it. So we're going in the barn here. Yeah, man. Meet, meet the girls. <laughs> Hi, ladies. Hi. Hi, Daddy. Hi, Robert. Hi, guys. Hi. Got goats? Yeah. So these are the triplets. When I first came down last year, they have... Yeah, Elka bread them because she used to make like milk and cheese and all that stuff here. Yeah, but it got real busy with bed and breakfast. But we got these guys babies, and next year we'll uh, we'll breed them and then start milking them. Cool. Yeah, and that's Jenny. She's Elka's oldest goat here. She's uh, thirteen. Wow. This is Sunny. She's four. This uh, is her daughter Summer. Yeah. And one you got there is uh, Polly. This is Patty and Rhubarb. They're so friendly. Oh man, we uh, they lost their mom. Jeff after birth so yeah. we had to bottle feed the triplets for the first few months so they're so good with people it's crazy yeah like uh, a lot of other goats they're so anxious that they go to touch them they'll just spook off but not these guys no man dude, oh, they're coming over they want to with them and stuff like people are coming out there jumping all over them yoga goats yeah man that's good yeah <laughs> amazing and you got you got roosters and yeah chickens. we got two roosters two busy roosters we got about 28 <laughs> chickens so uh and then there's two roosters that are just constantly doing their thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take you upstairs where they, where they lay all the eggs. This is cool. Climbing the ladder here to get to the hayloft. Yep, the hayloft. Oh, yeah. Hold it. home with some nice eggs here. No way. Jeez. Those are nesting boxes I built them. Jeez, those are Still cool. warm, man. No way. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Farm to table. Yeah, man, so. That's a big movement too, eh? Farm to table stuff. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <clears throat> it's huge. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, everyone, if they can, if they have the opportunity to be a little bit more self sufficient, like now's a great time to get into it. What a what a cool spot. I mean this is this has got everything. You've got you got all the food sources, you've got chickens, you got goats, you got Berries, you got a formal garden that we didn't even go near. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We got that. We got, we're restoring the old garden here, man. Like I said, planting a lot of fruit and vegetables. So, Sean, yeah, we're wrapping up here now, but uh, this has been super interesting. I couldn't believe how many different things we found. Like, what would you tell people about the benefits for health for foraging? Um, well, like I said, I've I've grown up being into this without knowing, so I've always been doing it. And my my uh, passion with this is really in food, like uh, cooking and eating these things but uh food is medicine so like i i know i can speak for that this by eating like this really makes me feel good so yeah. like you know if i eat something greasy or something now or fast food like it really it really makes you not feel so hot so yeah you know it's super good for your mental health for your for your body yeah for your soul yeah and i think we all need a little bit of it these days yeah for Thank, sure. well, thanks so much for taking me around yeah no sweat my brother it's been a great time a big thanks to Sean for taking me around. It was a super fun experience, and for those of you who were wondering, we got our 10,000 steps in. If you're interested in foraging, you can find Sean on Instagram at FlossmanDandyCabbage for lots of tips and ideas of what's out there for foraging. Also, Food First NL recommends that you pick up one of several local guidebooks to take with you each time you collect edible wild plants. When looking for the right guidebook, look for ones with multiple identification photos or line drawings of more than one part of the plants. The guidebooks which note which plants are edible are particularly useful. It's also recommended that you take one guidebook with you on the trail and then use other guidebooks to double check at home before eating new plants. 
Experienced foragers have recommended confirming new plants in as many as three guidebooks or with local experts like Sean before eating something unfamiliar. Well, that's our show this week. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. We'll see you again next week for another episode of the Health and Wellness Show on your VOCM.